Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. Welcome to the Electrified Wingsuit Podcast, coming to you straight from next gen in the BMW Welt in Munich, Germany. I'm Jonathan, host of Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW, and today we've got something super special for you. I'm going to be interviewing two guests about a major event that just recently happened that truly must be seen to be believed. Past podcast listeners have had the pleasure of meeting our first guest, Peter Salzmann. Peter, it is great to have you here on the show again. Happy to be here. So for the people that don't know you yet, why don't you give us a little bit of information about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm a wingsuit pilot, skydiver, and base jumper. So like uh, flying is my big passion. And beside that, I love to develop and uh, improve things. So I'm a bit of a pioneer, let's say like this, and um, all about flying. Mm -hmm. And the thing that you have done, we're going to get to in a second, but I want to introduce our second guest today, which is Tobias Hofritz from DesignWorks, the design innovation studio of BMW. Tobias, you played an integral part in making Peter's vision a reality with this thing that he's done as the perfect showcase to display what electric mobility can do. So it's great to have you here on the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Peter, back to you. Let's take a moment. Um, in podcast episode number nine, you and I, we had a conversation about how you got into wingsuit flying and the entire sport. And you shared with us so many different things. One thing that really blew my mind is how often you jump without the within the year. I thought it was, you know, once a month or once a, it, it was like hundreds of times <laughs> yeah, hundreds, <laughs> throughout yeah. the year. Um, so that's something that I learned a lot in our podcast episode number nine. And we did speak about a lot of other things, but there was one thing that we couldn't speak about, not until now. So um, it's finally awesome to be able to let the cat out of the bag and tell everybody listening and watching what you just did. So can you fill us in on the stunt that you just recently did? Yes, um, we developed an electric uh, frost system. So the the goal was to improve wingsuit flying, like the performance in wingsuit flying, to have uh, a better glide, like a constant glide, to boost up speed again and to fly up again. Mm -hmm. So we had in the last three years, we developed like the system, which I can attach to my body and then uh, just jump and fly and fly better than uh, in a normal wingsuit. Amazing. And you said fly upwards. I mean, usually gravity pulls you down, but this is something really amazing that truly has to be seen to be believed. So we've got so many different topics to dive into, like how BMW i got involved in the stunt, what some of the challenges were when creating the technology, the amount of testing and experimenting that went into it. Surely it was a long time. You said three years. And, um, and also how much BMW i was integrated into the final wingsuit. But before we dive into all those awesome things, I got to know, Peter, how was it up in the air? What did it feel like? <laughs> oh, it's super hard to describe, but um, I'm super, actually I'm super glad that uh, everything worked like this and that we really made it. So we made this thing work and uh, like my feelings are just, it's just wow. Yeah. So it, it felt so good 
to to fly and to to switch the engines on during the flight and um just make everything work yeah and i mean i'm sure that you're used to f- just flying downwards and then having that boost to go back up was that like wh- what did that feel like i mean especially uh, like you saw in the video especially the task to fly up like next to the cameras yeah. and next to the people like it was super challenging for yeah. me so i had to to really plan my my jump good but at the end if it worked it was just uh, i wanted to shout but uh, i wanted to to say hi to the people <laughs> but it just doesn't look good on the videos so. and it wouldn't be as safe as <laughs> as well as possible i mean it would work but <laughs> No, it is um, super, super good feeling. Amazing, amazing. And Tobias, you were actually on location for this. So what was it like seeing Peter up in the air when he took flight and started to go upwards? Um, actually, we knew what was going to happen yeah. because we tested all the scenarios. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can tell you the first time it was really challenging also for us because yeah. we, I've been to the ground and I just seen this little helicopter up in the air and then this little little peter point what you can see and i was always happy when i see the parachute of peter and when he's landing so but after a while i think we get used to that and and uh, now it's uh, yeah i don't want to say it's not special anymore but uh, how many jumps we did 30 40 yeah like 40 40 wow. yeah so you can imagine after a while you get used yeah. to that feeling yeah. wow but it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Of, course. <laughs> of course, I was blown away. That was fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, originally this jump was planned for the spring of 2020 in Asia, but then Corona hit and it changed everything. Um, but it didn't change your motivation to actually do this. And like we spoke about in the podcast before, um, podcast number nine, that you do a lot of your jumps in Austria mm. and bringing this jump from Asia the way that it was set up and then trying to figure it out and then put it into the Austrian landscape. How was it being back on your home turf or in the home air, so to say? So honestly, at the beginning, it was a little bit mixed feelings Yeah, because uh, I dreamed about this flight, like uh, in between the buildings, like in this urban environment, because it's just not, uh, I'm just not used to it. So it, it would be like something super different to the things I do normally. But uh, at the end, I just, I am always a guy like looking for positive uh, things. And um, I had the, the motivation and we just found like this spot at home. And I realized, I mean, it's perfect because I can be at home, like uh, at my lovely family at, at home and, in, and uh, with my friends and still have like these conditions I already know. So I know the mountains at home. I know like uh, the weather. Uh, I know that I'm used to the food at home. (laughs) (laughs) Like all these things for sure helped because we tried something new, everything was new, but then like all the surroundings I already knew. So So there was that feeling of familiarity on top of everything, which maybe made you feel a little bit safer in your in your environment to actually go for this really crazy trek that's the thing so it was one of my most special jumps i did in my life yeah and this being able to do this at home is just uh, at the end it was perfect exactly so 
I remember when we spoke in our podcast episode prior, you informed me on on all of the safety precautions that you take care of, take care of and make sure that everything's safe and it's mathematically correct in the wind and all these things just for a normal wingsuit jump. Mm-hmm. But this is a very special wingsuit jump. So how much more risk did you have to calculate and how much more safety precautions did you have to keep in mind? There's actually quite a few things yeah, I'm sure. we, we had to do, we had to react on. So let's say like we have like this, this engines um, on the chest and if an, anything like um, goes wrong with the engines, then we have to cut it away. So I have to, we had to make like a release system. So when I have traversed, I just cut it away and it just flies away of me. Wow. But it should not crash on the floor. So we... We designed like a round canopy, ah. which just like um, helping the fly unit to just uh, fly down safely. So this is like one uh, one big thing we had to to do. The next thing is that because of the engines, it's not possible for me to open my zippers on the arm, being able oh, to true. reach up on the canopy. Yeah, true. So we had to make like a special cutaway system for this. So like there were quite a few adaptions we had to do like on the system, on the wingsuit and um, for sure also like my checklist, I always do, like I told you on the podcast, mm. like it got long and longer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> because like <laughs> more additional things and Toby like yeah, has had, had also like a long list. <laughs> my list is even longer, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, but... um. I, I wouldn't say we had like much more risk at the end. Mm-hmm. I would say we had like more to take care of. Mm-hmm. But I never jumped with additional risk. So we had to go through the checklist and at the end it was fine. And I, I, I always just jump if it's yeah. fine. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Also something on your checklist, may, maybe it wasn't written in, but I think it was integrated in you was courage. Um, the moment before jumping out of that helicopter, and just going for it, that's a huge moment of courage. Um, so what was going on in your in your mind in that moment right before jumping off? Yeah, that's that's again like this this checklist thing. So when I'm sitting in a helicopter, I like I go through the jump like quite a few times. Or let's say like two times maybe. And then I just say to myself, so okay, it's okay. You did everything, you prepared everything. And then it's more, I tell to myself, now relax and then focus and prepare for the jump. Mm-hmm. And what also helped is that I had a crew in the helicopter. So there were like uh, two other wingsuit pilots and one camera guy and everybody of them had like one task. Ah, okay. So like we were connected with a, a speaking system, an intercom system. And one of them, um, um, like his task was that we have the right height we have the right direction where we're going. The other one prepared like the smoke cans, the system that we are more visible from the ground. Mm-hmm. And the other one was was responsible for the cameras. So that was a good thing and helped me a lot. So I didn't have like everything to take care of. Right. Mm-hmm. So this helped me. And so we could just tell ourselves, okay, we did everything nice. So now let's do it. Yeah, amazing. True. I mean, you had enough on your plate as it is just to yes. just to do that. It's good to have a team of people up there to help you with all the other things to make you feel safe that you can just really go for it. That's awesome. So I, I want to go a little bit deeper into the intention of what you did. Um, 
you know, you really change the whole perspective of wingsuit flight. I mean, just flying upwards is amazing. And I know a lot of people that say, you know, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I know for me as a normal human being, you know, change can be a little bit like, well, you have your own, your own habits and, you know, you like your habits and you don't really want to change. So what was, the, <laughs> what was the inspiration? What was the intention of making this huge change? And why did it have to be an electric wingsuit of all things? Yeah, that's, um, that's really something I, I always do. So I always mm. want to optimize things. So it's not just the flying thing and developing wingsuits, tracksuits, like all this flying stuff. It's also like in everyday life, like everything can be optimized. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Especially in your life. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, let's, um, let's stay at the, at the wingsuits. Um, like all the the companies who are doing like wingsuits, they're doing like great work. So every day, like they get better and better, mm -hmm. more performance, more speed, more this and that. Yeah. So that's actually super cool. But then I, I had like this situation where I thought, okay, for this jump, I really need like something else. Yeah. So I, I had to think about, um, something different, like, like, like you said, like, a, like a change. Yeah. And that's where like the idea was born actually. So, you know, how exactly is this electric wingsuit built? What are the features that helped you move upwards? Like, this is just fascinating to me. So flying upwards is like more, let's say the technique thing. Uh -huh. So it's a flight technique mm -hmm. because um, the fly unit is producing thrust. And I think for this question, just like a little aerodynamic background, like a wing like creates lift. Like that's the force which like um, is is facing upwards, yeah. and then it uh, produces drag which slows you down, and the ratio of this um, the lift and the drag is the glide ratio as well. Uh -huh. So that's the angle you fly through the air, and with a normal common wingsuit you have around let's say two point five two point six glide ratio. So if you fly one kilometer down, you fly two point six kilometers out. Yeah. And then if you reduce the drag because you have thrust, it's, it works against the drag, mm -hmm. then the glide ratio is getting better. So with the electric <sighs> wingsuit, we can fly like flatter angles. So that's the main thing. But uh, like for this video and just um, to show like more the efficiency, we did like this upward flying thing. Mm -hmm. But for this, I had to really like uh, fly on full speed, fly like over 300 kilometers per hour and then just change this angle and fly flat and then pull it up. Wow. And when I'm normally on a normal flight, I would just on the way up, like get slower, slower. But on this, like the engine's just pushing me more up. Wow. So that was that thing. Amazing. So does it feel different to fly from a normal wingsuit? I mean, you, you were saying that there were, there were different zippers and you have this big thing on your chest. I mean, of course it feels different, but you know, what what's the main differences that that you really felt with it compared to a normal wingsuit? I mean, when you switch it on, you immediately feel like uh, the influence of mm. the engines. So at the beginning, it changes a little bit your angle because it's it's uh, like on your chest, and if I'm lying, then it's underneath me. Yeah. So if it then um, I switch it on, then I just change the angle a bit, 
So I had to compensate this with uh, pushing my head down. Yeah. But then you just feel like how it pulls you forward. <laughs> so this is like a super, a super nice feeling. Yeah. If you feel oh, it's, it's, it helps me. It's just, it boosts my flight. Yeah. And uh, as well, like the, the normal flying characteristics, like stay about the same. And that's uh, what we wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to fly my normal wingsuit, but have like an additional system, which just helps me and boosts my performance. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you for that. I know that I had all these different questions in my mind. And if <laughs> I know that I have these questions and I know that the podcast listeners and the viewers at home are going to be asking millions of questions as well. So thank you so much for going along with we going along with me for all of my, my questions. Um, uh, you know, this flight was made possible by uh, when, when BMW I joined in to make your vision a reality. And as Peter, you explained, there were a lot of intricate details that were incorporated to innovate this piece of technology. Now, I'd love to chat from the man himself on the technical side, Tobias, designer and engineer from DesignWorks, a BMW company for design innovation that was brought in via BMW i to support the development of the electrified wingsuit. Let's start at the beginning, Tobias. How did you get involved in helping Peter turn this into reality? Yeah, I met uh, uh, Peter at DesignWorks the first time mm -hmm. and he told us about his idea to fly with an uh, electric wingsuit. The story in the beginning was a little bit different, I have to say. I think it was more about uh, more range. Uh, uh, but then I think on the way to the final product, we figured out that we want to 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 climb and yeah. get more uh, altitude. And uh, yeah, that's how we started. And this was at DesignWorks. And um, I think the project came, the first contact was to the marketing department and and um, they brought the, the project to DesignWorks. Mm -hmm. And then they contacted me because I was working for DesignWorks. Wow. Um, and I, I was managing this project then from this point on. Amazing. Yeah. So the impeller in action is, is bringing him, like, like we said before, is bringing him up. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the technology and its development of, of the impeller itself? Yeah, the first thing I have to say, if you um, want to work with a huge OEM like BMW, you, you need some kind of external company yeah. to help you with it. Because, um, you know, the R&D department of BMW, there, there are 10,000 engineers sitting there and you cannot just go there and say, um, hey guys, let's uh, uh, make an electric uh, wingsuit <laughs> so nobody will listen to you. Right. So you need an external uh, company like DesignWorks and uh, that fits fantastic because um, this is external, but it's super fast and flexible. and. There we have uh, uh, the link and the access to all the BMW innovations. So we're very close, but we are totally free. Yeah. And uh, we uh, that, that fits perfectly to develop something like this. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, Peter, why did you approach BMW i with your idea? What was the inspiration to go to BMW i? I mean, uh, I always felt that uh, BMW i was like the perfect match because uh, they're like true pioneers in, in mobility, mm -hmm. in, in electric mobility. And they had like uh, electric cars and, um, and batteries like really early on. So I think this is one thing. And the other thing is just from the first beginning on, I found out that we have like the right, the, the same mindset, mm. the same like uh, future, future focused mindset. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. So it does sound like a match made in heaven. And I, I got to admit, I would be naive to think that, you know, the first prototype was perfect. And I think you guys said before there were 20, 30 flights before it actually was like, this is the one. So what were some of the challenges that you came up against and how did you face those challenges head on? I think the biggest challenge was to convince the management that this is, this is a good idea to uh -huh. jump out of a helicopter <laughs> in an altitude 10,000 feet with an electrified wingsuit. Of course, but, as you did. Uh, as after, you did. after that, <laughs> <laughs> of course, there were a lot of challenges like Peter explained before, where there were so many details. Actually, the, 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 the drive itself is was for us, it was, I wouldn't say easy, but uh, we know what to do. We, we need some speed controllers and we need, need a battery and a battery management system. And of course, some high speed impellers. And we have some great suppliers. I have to say, I have to say thank you to the suppliers. Mm -hmm. uh, we have great support. Um, um, but all the little details and the procedure, how to fly with this uh, uh, impeller drive. Mm. I think this was the challenge. Yeah. Wow. And so how many rounds of testing did you guys have to go through until you both felt that you were ready? Um, I have to say it paid off that we had access to all the BMW testing uh, facilities, like, uh, for example, the wind tunnel. Um, I think it was a Formula One wind tunnel, so we could really test with over 200 kilometers per hour. Mm. And uh, we had the chance to test all the aerodynamic behaviors of the system and this saved us a lot of time. Mm. So actually when we did the first jump, um, we hardly had to change anything wow. because uh, this was calculated to the point and we figured out that uh, it, 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 it was already a good solution mm -hmm. for that we, what we want to achieve. Yeah. And some angles, I think they were the adjustment of some angles of the turbines, uh, but the rest was still okay. Our safety release system worked uh, very good and all the um, stability of the system, the software, uh, the temperature and the, the currents, what we have in the system, everything was really good. And this was a professional development, yeah. not like somebody developed something in the garage or in the basement. Right. That's the difference. We have a proper product. Yeah. This looks like something what you can buy in a <laughs> in a shop yeah? exactly and that's what uh, we have to do when we do something at bmwi we need yeah. a product not yeah. just something you know yeah. screwed together yeah, yeah. wow also yeah. we were like uh in stockholm in the wind tunnel which helped a lot as we already knew that we can fly stable mm. so it's not like uh, i just put something on my chest and jump out of the helicopter yeah. and and i don't know how it will react so we already knew it will, uh, it will be, I will be able to fly like straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is well, um, helped, helped a lot. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, this, this partnership with BMWI turned into a jump that is truly innovative. So Tobias, how much BMWI is in the final electric wingsuit? Actually, um, you know, I think it's more about, of course, uh, there's not a BMW i engine in, inside right. or uh, a BMW a car battery, of course <laughs> not. But it's the, the um, how we approach a development process. Yeah. And um, I think the important is that uh, uh, there's almost no carryover parts. So uh, all the components are purpose built mm -hmm. uh, uh, for this application. And uh, that makes it a, a BMW i product. So mm -hmm. it's powerful, it's light. Um, it's uh, it looks good and it's uh, uh, um, yeah it's just a fantastic product. It's yeah. like you know like you can buy it in a shop. And that's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. 
<laughs> and I mean, obviously, you don't just work on electrified wingsuits. Um, you are also a part of something bigger. So where do you see the parallels with the electrified wingsuits and electric mobility? I think there is uh, definitely there are. Uh, um, I think it's the simplicity of the e-mobility. Mm -hmm. You know, when you enter into an electric car, this is everything is easy. It's clean. It's emission-free. It's uh, not noisy, and and uh, this is what we achieved with the uh, fly unit as well. So we we have a, a super simple product. Mm -hmm. You uh, uh, you jump out of a helicopter, and what? you did before it's just you, you you switch it on and you jump imagine this with jet turbines with mm. kerosene for example you, you need a team to do that yeah. and we have a, a, a simple product you just um, you plug it to the chest and then you jump yeah and that's that's the cool thing so that's e-mobility yeah. simplicity amazing amazing so before we wrap up i'd like to ask both of you the same question um and we've been speaking a lot about change you know and and peter change was part of your intention for this stunt and to prove that there is no reason not to change so um tobias let's start with you what's one thing that you realized about change during this partnership there was definitely a change uh, during the, the development process. And so we're talking about two years. Um, I realized that um, uh, I think we left the old world behind us. Mm. Uh, so all the engineers and all the people involved in this complex project, they were super open for a new kind of technology, for uh, how we do things that we do, virtual development and not testing, testing, testing with hardware all the time, 3D printing and, and all that things. And I, um, I think we're ready for the future now. Mm. Fantastic. And what about you, Peter? What is one thing that you saw from the change master yourself? What's something that, that you, you uh, feel that you learned um, relating to change during this partnership? What I learned is if you want to change something, it can be like actually a pretty long way at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has like many, many steps and uh, small steps, big steps. Maybe you get uh, set back at the beginning, kind of. But at the end, if you achieve what you wanted to change, then uh, you will realize that it just paid off. Yeah. So that's the thing. So what we achieved, like in the last two years of development and and three years uh, since I met BMW, is just I'm so glad and so happy um, that we did this this path and did this change, and um, we just achieved what we what we achieved. That's amazing. And an amazing feat that you both achieved. You in the air, Peter, and you in the ground, Tobias. You know, I know for me, like I said before, I'm a creature of, of habit. It's hard for me to change some things, but when I actually do get the courage, like what you had in your, uh, it, right before you, you jumped out of the helicopter, you just really experiment and see what else is there. You have the opportunity to discover something new. And like you said, leaving the old world behind and, and seeing what else is out there and future and forward thinking. I think that's something that we all need to embrace um, nowadays because really, truly, the sky is the limit um, or there is no limit anymore for you. And um, I know that I've been inspired to uh, look at things a little bit differently when it comes to change. So thank you so much, Peter. Thank you so much, Tobias, for spending time with us today on the thank podcast. You. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. 
And thank you for listening in at home. If you've enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to future episodes of Changing Lanes, the official podcast of BMW. You can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. Just hop on over and check out the search bar. Check out uh, BMW Podcasts and look for Changing Lanes. I'm Jonathan, and thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time. 